Hi there, welcome to The Marketing Juggle, a podcast where we talk to small business owners about how they use marketing and in particular digital marketing to promote their small business. My name is Anne Nealon. I work with my husband, Damien. We have an agency called Nealon Digital and we work with small business owners to get them more customers and increase sales by using data-driven marketing strategies. Today on The Marketing Juggle, I've got Rosie from Rosie's Beauty in Carlingford here in Sydney. Thank you so much, Rosie, for being a part of this today. What I wanted to start with is just to get you to tell me about your business, how it started, why you love it. Well, I hope you've got a couple of hours. Um, a good sure. <laughs> it's going to take some time. Well, I am one of seven children and I'm the second eldest and... Obviously, growing up as a child, I was always very, very independent. I lived with my grandmother. She was my dad's mum. And I looked after her. And I don't know, I just seemed to just, with my brothers and sisters, we grew up obviously together, but I was always on my own and just like to do things on my own. So I guess growing up as, you know, into an adult, I went into year 11 and 12 and was having my nails done, actually. And I used to love you know, the artistic, the creative side of beauty, I guess. Loved art, taught my art class when I was, you know, back in year 11 and 12. Yeah. And then I thought, well, you know what? I have my nails done and I never liked what was being done. Like I'd go home and I'd have to fix them and I was really fussy and I'm like, this is not the right shade. Can't you see that that's crooked? So I just started to, you know, really enjoy obviously the beauty side of things. My mum never obviously showed us anything to do with beauty, skincare, makeup, nothing, because she was never into any of that. Yeah. But I obviously loved that side of the uh, the business of obviously beauty. And I decided, well, I think I'm going to go in and do a nail artistry course. So finished off year 12 and decided, my father was very strict, obviously seven kids. And yeah. like, he didn't really give us that opportunity to go out and travel and you know, we were workers, you know, we'd right. always be yep. at home and help him ethic, out. Work ethic from a young yeah. age. Yeah. yeah. And he was a plumber and obviously we'd help him set up his trucks and get all his work together and tell him, guide him which direction he was going to for that next job. So for me, we're all workers. Like he was yes. in the building game and the plumbing game. So for me, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this course and I'm going to be the best nail artist there is. I love and back that. in those days... There weren't the Asian nail bars that you know these days. No. I was like one in huh, thousands, I guess, to be a nail artist. And yeah, I just thought, I think this is my path. And I think I'm just going to go down this path and started practicing at home. And I um so you started at home just doing like friends and family or So I started at home just on my own, like as in when I was living at home with my grandmother because obviously she lived next door. And unfortunately, I got married at a very young age of 17. So that then meant that I would obviously continue on with my nail artistry just from home. But my ex-husband at the time had a fruit shop. So I started giving out flyers to the customers at the front desk, at the front desk. So... From there, I just developed 
I don't know, just every time a client would come in, I'd get to know them as you do when you're in a fruit shop and you know that person by their name and you ask them how was the wedding, you ask them, you know, what were you doing for the weekend and then you remember them for the next time. And you're the just clientele, part of the local community, aren't you, in that sort of a business? Well, for me, it's not just open my doors, thank you for coming in and that's it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't belong to, for example, a restaurant, if I go into a restaurant and I don't feel welcome or part of their restaurant, then I don't feel like I'm going to go back there again. Yes. I want to feel like I belong and that they want to get to know you. That they know it's you. It's got to be that connection. Yes. I know you're not going to connect with everybody, but I do very, like, I do love connecting with people and, you know, just getting to know them. You don't want to know their whole full no. life story, but you do want to know a little bit about yeah. yourself. So they feel that human connection and that that you care about them. Like that is definitely what builds loyalty. That's exactly right. And I guess that's where for me, my clientele has obviously grown because I build that, I build the loyalty. They build the loyalty back with me. They trust everything that I tell them. You know, they trust that I can give them the confidence, the inspiration to obviously try new things. Um, A lot of people don't, they don't feel comfortable just picking up, for example, a bright lipstick, but I'll give them the confidence to be able to wear that bright lipstick. Right. Obviously it's going to take some time, but Definitely, that's something that I've created along the journey mm-hmm. um, within my business and, you know, having that clientele that I can he- help each and every day with their skincare, any questions. Like I get text messages on a regular basis, Rosie, how do I do this again? Can you help me with this? What order does that go in? Huh? I'm happy to help them because yeah. that's what I'm here for. I want that continual connection yes. with my clients. I think it's really important. And even more important now. Yes. During these, you know, COVID times. Is that the bit you love about it? That connection that you build with your clients? What do you love about being in business? I definitely love the initial meeting the clients. So when a client, first of all, calls, and let's say if I answer the phone call, I can't help myself but ask the question. So did somebody recommend you to come to Rosie's Beauty? And then I like to hear the story behind that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, I've got a friend. Yes, her name is Anne and she knows Nicola and Nicola were talking. And then before I knew it, oh, my God, why haven't I gone and seen Rosie for this length of time? Oh, my God, this is crazy. So then it becomes this connection of where it all started from. So it obviously was a recommendation. And then I get to know them when they obviously come into the, the salon for their services and then find out exactly what it is that they're looking for. What are they looking for? Obviously, they're looking for their um, particular, for example, I specialize in eyebrows. So from there, I can connect with them with skincare. And then from skincare, it's their nails. And from there, it's it can be just something so simple as just try this. Yeah. Selling them a product, I'm just letting them know that just go home and just yeah. make that emery board and give your nails a little bit of a file. Yeah. Digging in and finding the next problem and the next problem that you can solve. That's exactly right. So I'm happy to communicate, educate, and give my clients as much information Mm -hmm. as possible. And then it's entirely up to you whether you want to then come back and then ask me any further questions. And then we can connect from there with so many other things. So it's a real part coming from a real place of service. It is. I love everything that I do about my business. I love the beauty side of things. I love the skincare side of things, the the tanning side of things, lash lifting, everything that I do in my business, I do to perfection. Uh-huh. Because if I didn't like a particular thing that I did, 
that particular time. I want to do it better the next time. The next time. And that's that's just who I am. And that's why my clients, I guess, keep coming back to me. And mm-hmm. and that makes me feel amazing. I love yeah. that. And it motivates me to keep on going. Yeah. What do you find hard in as a small business owner? What do you wish was easier for small businesses? So a lot of things during this time, obviously. And I don't think I'd change anything about the journey that I've obviously been on mm-hmm. in my life because if I hadn't have gone through this particular journey in my business, then I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. So all that hardship that I have had along the way mm-hmm. has made me who I am now. Mm-hmm. And I guess it teaches me well, whatever it was difficult then, you learned through from that. Okay, so learn from that. Now, how are you going to get through this? That's how I look at it. It's such a roller coaster, isn't it, in small business? Every single day. It it could be from the landlord to the, you know, your clients to your stock to the people that you're dealing with to get stock. There are so many different parts of the business that obviously you, we've all got to go through it. For me, for example, now I'm inside Fitness First Carlingford Court and I now deal with, I only deal with Fitness First as a a landlord, not as not from Carlingford Court, mm-hmm. but like that relationship has been amazing. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different, it was quite interesting actually, because when I moved from Beecroft to Carlingford, I moved in there with, okay, well, all I have to do is just move Beecroft into Carlingford. Yes. No, it wasn't exactly <laughs> like that. No. It was. Yes. So you had a standalone salon that you had access to, and now you're kind of in another person's space really aren't you well I had a standalone business that I just went in there and just to survive just get in there run your business survive yes and make it work and then when I went to Carlingford it was I need a business plan from you and I went business plan sorry <laughs> what's the business plan I know what it is I know, I know what it is but what do you mean you need one from me you need a physical it's in my head t- typed out business plan on a computer. Are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> here in this brain of mine? No way. I know what I'm doing and what my plans are. Are you joking? Like, no, in straight, like big text, it's called, I need to survive. This is called my business plan. I have no business plan. Uh-huh. So it's all in my head and yes. it was to survive. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's always been my business plan. I am not here to fail. I will never fail. Yeah. Because I've been in business for over 30, well, 22 in retail space. Yeah. And I am not here to fail because that's one thing that I won't do. And it's my personality that won't allow me to fail. So when you're in that survival mode, how do you promote your business? And how do you promote your business when you're not in survival mode? Like what do you use? What works well for you? So when I initially started Obviously, I had a few little stepping stones. I started initially in West Pennant Hills and I was the nail artist in West Pennant Hills working inside the hairdressing salon. And I guess I was very fortunate there because I had front window access, which meant people right. could see me. Yes. So I took on... Location, location, location. It was location, definitely. And... For me, it was, okay, oh, I can see there's an nail artist sitting in that window. Oh, fantastic. I'll just pop my head in. So my business grew from that. And then from there, I had a small part of, I had to move from there because of circumstances. And 
I moved into a hairdressing salon in Castle Hill and took over space upstairs, which happened to be her old beauty salon that she couldn't get to work. I got it to work. Okay. And I tapped into her database because she gave it to me. I was fortunate to get. Yes. And also too, she was working downstairs. So I'd go downstairs and I'd network with her clients. And it took me nine months to get that into a full-time salon with one staff. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to Beecroft. Right. So from there, I thought, okay, how am I going to get my word out that obviously Rosie's Beauty now is in Beecroft? So back then, social media wasn't really a big part. Okay. So I did a lot of letterbox drops. Yes. So my word Love a good letterbox drop, I think. Everyone loves a letterbox drop. It can work really well. We get hung up on social media, but some of those other tactics are really useful still. Well, back then, everyone loved the letterbox drop. So I would ask the question, now, how did you get to know me? It's the letterbox drop. Yes. Oh, yes. I remember you dropping, you know, those, the letters and I'd hang on to them and I'd hang on to them and hang on to them. And then all of a sudden we started with social media and Facebook Mm -hmm. And that's when I was very reluctant to, first of all, Facebook, because I wasn't that sort of person to put myself out there mm-hmm. and put myself in front of a camera and want the whole wide world knowing my life. Yes. That was just me. And no, it was because, not just you. <laughs> and it was because I didn't want anyone knowing my previous life because I didn't disclose that. So only my personal clients knew that about me. And only till now, I still don't put a lot of myself out there, Mm -hmm. but I do use definitely Facebook and social media, Instagram videos where I need to when it comes to my business life. Yes. So definitely use a lot of that. I do do a lot of letterbox drops myself because I don't know if I feel that I can trust the letterbox drops being done because if I'm walking and I walk every single day, now that we're obviously in lockdown, I look at some of these heels and think there's no way someone's going to do these letterbox drops when you're talking about these small marketing companies that send out kids. And I always used to find a lot of my stuff was always dumped, Mm -hmm. which is pretty traumatic when you know you've spent so much money on on these things. So yeah, it used to kill me knowing that my letterbox leaflets were being dumped. But on top of that, I, I use them in the salon environment where people want to take something home to read. Yes. Uh, like a menu. Like yeah. we're all great for collecting menus. We love that. They all sit yeah. in the bottom of the drawer and then one day you pull it out. And I like to do a lot of promotions where I might do a, a promo on a particular season, month. Mm-hmm. And how do you get that promo out to your your clients? So I use a graphic designer, obviously, because i not great on the computer. It'd take me probably a good week to do something that you could do in a, in a day or an hour. So it be hard with your art background and your design background. Well, I'm a bit naughty because I like to sit with her. So okay. it's not that I don't want to give her all control because I have given her control of some things, but I am very particular of what I visualise in my brain to yes. what I see in my brochure. So I've already had that visual because I can stay up all night with this thought of, okay, so I've got this, what do I need to do with this? And how do I want to see it? How do I want to see it on the the actual poster exactly? So yeah, like I I definitely get her to do a lot of things for me, but we do sit face to face now on the computer and we can share screens and I'll say, look, this is what I want. 
Yes. So I'll give her all that information and she's amazing. So I do get her to do a lot of that. Yeah, then how do you get that into the hands or on front of the eyes of your clients and your customers? How do you distribute those messages? So obviously I have a database that I'm still working on. I've got lots and lots of file cards that obviously over the years because okay. I do a lot so of So you've got a mixture of electronic and paper-based records? Absolutely. Because when I started my businesses, it was always me plus then someone else. Mm-hmm. And my focus was always just get the business to run. The other stuff you can worry about at a later stage. So you can always, you know, get someone to data, put all that data into a computer at some stage. But then I get busy and then it gets left behind. Then I get busy again and then it gets left behind. So I've got obviously, I can do a text message, obviously blast. We could do emails, blast. We can do, I can pick up the phone. I can call clients if I like. I can send a letter if I really want to as well. How do you decide which one to use? I do it all. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why I do it all is because there's going to be someone, well, at the moment we're all at home. So yeah. if I put a letter out in your letterbox, I'm going to make sure some things are going to work, some things are not going to work. Some people are going to pick it up and throw it in the rubbish bin. I'm not going to know until I do it. How do you measure the success of those things? Obviously asking my clients. So when I'm on the phone to them or if they come when they do come into the salon, I ask the questions, how did you hear about me? Right. Um, obviously I pay for Google AdWords. So many different things that I just go, I'm just going to give it a whirl and see what mm. comes from it. As long as it's out there and it's being branded yep. and someone sees it, they might think, oh, I saw that sign. Oh, I remember seeing that post on Instagram. Oh, and then they bring it together and then obviously come upstairs to the salon and go, I remember you from? Yes. Back in Beecroft. Yeah. But so there's you don't a have a, like a monthly reporting or Excel Not really. or something? You just, really. when you ask people and you remember it. Yeah. I think if I've been in business for over 20 years and it's still working, then Absolutely. I would say that obviously whatever I'm doing is working. So yeah. if I had extra dollars and funds there to be able to put that into something like a marketing, I guess, plan mm-hmm. that I knew would deliver X amounts of dollars more. But yeah. then the problem I'm going to have is who's going to do the work? Yeah. Because then you've going to have to find staff that have to be trained and then that becomes another kettle of fish and that's mm. another topic to yeah. talk about. Yeah, yeah. So how much of your marketing do you do yourself versus like outsourcing it? I do it all myself. Do it all yourself. Wow. Yep. So at the moment, obviously, if I I won't do a letterbox drop because it's, I'm not targeting anything to do with Zoom home consultations. I do have a flyer for my my actual website that mm-hmm. demonstrates that I am doing Zoom consultations, and then yep. I do have something that is being drawn up as in a template for my social media, but yep. an actual physical paper to actually do a letterbox drop. I don't have at the moment. If I wanted to, I could do a handful of letters to all my database that I have at the moment and have them printed out Plus, because we're so over, I think, like I get thousands of emails Mm. and do you flick through them? You only flick through some. It just depends on what it is at the moment that you feel you need. Like, you know, you might wake up one morning and go, oh, my skin is so bad. And all of a sudden this email pops up. And you might look at it. So it all just really depends. And that's why you've got to constantly, I feel like I've got to constantly keep up with my 
Insta stories, even though it was a week ago, I may have to repeat it because somebody else must have missed it. Yes. So it's constant feeding, connecting. I'm on there all the time. Okay. But then my clientele is between the ages of 50 and 75 that don't do a lot of stories. So they're not going to connect. So that particular clientele is obviously someone who would like a phone call or a text message. Yeah. And that's one thing that... that... What system do you use to manage your database? Oh, just an Excel spreadsheet. Okay, but you've got that data in there, you know, 50-plus preferred phone. So you've got all that information in your Excel spreadsheet? I've got that already there so that I can always tap back into it. Yeah. Plus a lot of our client cards that were always initially back in the years were always paper form. So, for example, it looks like a client card. Love it. So these were the way that obviously... Everyone would, when they enter into a salon, you give them a client card. Yeah. These days, everything's done on a computer. Yeah. So you enter it in, but I feel like there's no, to me, that's not connecting with your client because I know there's a lot of information, but that just requires so much time. Whereas if I pull this out, I love referring back to my notes. I love going back to my scrap of paper and writing notes down to me that's I don't know it's I don't know something physical isn't it it's something physical it's because of what we've been brought up it's how we've been brought up whereas these days the young ones definitely love to obviously use their computer or use their phone because they're on it all the time yeah for most of my clients I can send them a video of say a makeup tutorial they love that because I can visually see it yes but to actually get them to respond back either in a video or in a text, sometimes that's difficult for them. Yeah. So I try and make They're shy it as, and yeah, not natural. Well, as you said, you know, you didn't, when when you started to use Facebook, was it, you weren't comfortable. And I'd say that, you know, that's where your clients sit still. I know, not interested. I don't know. I just, it's not, in, it's not me. Natu- if it came to me naturally from the beginning where, you know, I put myself out there and I told the whole wide world what I was doing then it would be a different story. Yeah. But I just don't like to put myself out there because people are, can be quite harsh. And mm. Yeah. What do you enjoy about like marketing? Obviously, as a creative person, what do you enjoy about it? I love putting the ideas together, the ideas of what exactly I'm going to market for, I guess, mm-hmm. the week. So I've got a plan. So I need to plan, for example, we're coming into spring. Yeah. And I need to plan, okay, so what's what's the plan for spring that's going to, I guess, inspire our clients, motivate them so when we come back that there is a promotion for them when they come into the salon that they'll jump into. Yes. So they're the things that I obviously enjoy doing and that's where I get my ideas from. Yeah. And then I might look at, okay, so what is it exactly at the moment that they're obviously promoting from a makeup or a skincare perspective and that's sunscreen. So I'll put something together that is a full-on information tutorial that'll be all about skincare, a sunscreen, for example, yeah. why it's important to wear it, et cetera, and then have flyers to go with it. So right. I like to, whatever it is that I'm doing on my social media, Facebook, emails, I have to have then the corresponding marketing tools in my salon. So okay. I look at myself like not the David Jones stores, but like the David Jones stores that has all the A4 promotional flyers that goes with selling yeah. the perfume pack, for example. Or yeah, it's a complete, pack. in my kind of jargony language, it's every touch point. That's exactly right. And that I have to have because people can browse, 
but there has to be something that is going to make them not even pick up the product, but if there's a package sitting there together and it's, well, this looks a bit interesting. I wonder what's in this package, but it's been formatted for them yes. and they can see exclusively what's actually particularly in that pack that obviously we sell and it's got its price on it and it's got at the bottom of it a free makeover or a free facial. It's going to obviously entice them to, oh, I think I might pick that pack up mm-hmm. or that might be a great gift. So there's something there that's obviously you know appealing. It's going to capture their eye and make them grab that particular product. But I definitely have to do something regularly with my graphic designer uh, okay. just to, so that it doesn't become stale in the salon. So if it's the same thing day in and day out, the clients will be bought. So well, I'm it. always forever moving things from one side of the salon to the other side of the salon so that the client goes, was it there? When did you get these, Rosie? It was there, but no one saw it. Yes. So it changes. So the visual or the physical mark aspect of marketing is really important in your business as well as the online parts. Every day or at least once a week, I rearrange the salon and that takes some time to do because I'm the visual merchandiser in the salon. I get the girls to do the the clean and the tidy and then I do the, the shift when it comes to the visual merchandising because I've got a good eye for it. Yeah. And then I teach them, obviously. Mm-hmm. So look at exactly what it is that's on this particular flyer. This is exactly what needs to be in front of the flyers. The client can obviously see that these two work together hand in hand. Yeah. And it's got to be like a window display catches yeah. my eye. If it yeah. catches my eye, then I want it to capture my client's eyes. Yes. So that obviously when I'm trying to sell something to them, then yes, it's got to look good. I love that you have. You've got that big, you've got that skill of big picture view of what you want and how it's all going to fit together. But then you've also got the skill of execution. So making it happen in all of those places. Like not a lot of people have that. You know, a lot of people have the big picture stuff and they then it all falls apart when they try and execute or can execute really well, but it's really bitsy because they haven't got that big picture, overarching vision of how the campaign is going to work. For me, you're right. That's exactly right. But for me also too, I go in it in such a big way that it's quite overwhelming that I want you to walk in and go, oh my gosh, there's there's a lot of stock in here. So that meant that thought in your head, well, to me it is, is that oh my God, she's obviously catering for a lot of people that are going to want this. So maybe I need to come in there and buy it as well. So it's like when you see all this abundance of food, it's like, wow, you're going to feed so many people. But that's me. I'm being like, I guess, in our culture, we love to make everything look so abundant and so big and so fabulous and flamboyant. And like when I do things, I do things on a big scale. And you'll if you see what we do, for example, for Christmas, it's over the top. Well, that and creates that great, that feeling of an inspiration in your clients, I'd say, because that's what you're, you know, you're in the inspiration business. Well, my clients want to come into that environment and go, oh my God, this, oh my God, this makes me so happy. And oh my God, look at that bright lipstick, for example. Oh my God, it's open and I can see exactly what color it is. What if I can wear this? Or oh, Rosie's wearing it and maybe I can wear it. So yeah. It's all about inspiring and connecting. Again, it comes back to connecting with my clients. And I want them to come in and have 
the same experience that I would like to have when I go into, I guess, another store. So like, Mm. I want to feel overwhelmed and, oh my God, I want that. I want that particular bag or I want that bag of men's range or skincare for my husband. Oh, that would be nice for him. Or that candle would be beautiful for the salon of my home. Or I don't know. I just, I love making it feel beautiful in every aspect of. And making people feel special and individual. Well, absolutely. Just individualizing and customizing. I believe it's not a one size fits, one size fits all. It's I'm customizing it to suit you and your personality. Yes. And that's how I've always based my business. And, you know, if that client doesn't like that particular pet, there's another pack just for that client. Yes. So there's a lot of variety, obviously, when it comes to marketing. I could just go on and on and on and on about it. It's so what, what I love about it. What don't you like about marketing? What are the bits that, you know, you wish you didn't have to do or you don't like? I guess because I'm so creative, I love that part of the marketing side mm-hmm. of things. So I love all parts to marketing because it just keeps me thinking all the time. So yeah. it keeps my brain ticking. It keeps my creative side of my brain ticking all the time where I can, okay, work out exactly if there's a particular product that's not moving, what exactly can I do to entice that client to bring it together with something else? So, so many different aspects. That's a really good way to look at it actually is like, how do you use marketing to solve a business challenge? You know, not that it's a chore or it's, okay, I've got this product line and I need to move it. What's the best way that I can make this appealing to my customers? I really like that. I've got this business problem and I'm going to solve it with some marketing. Cause I don't think a lot of small business owners think that way. To me, they're called, not, they're not, they're not add-ons, but what they are, they're, they're complementary to whatever product that I'm giving. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to give you a full bag of makeup, I give a complimentary makeup lesson to go with that because right. you're not going to go home and take all this makeup and then do what with it? You're going to look at it and go, what am I going to It's like overwhelming. <laughs> yes. So I need to link it with something that's going to make you, again, connect. It's going to make you feel comfortable with taking all these products home. So there's got to be something with it that's going to, I guess, the marketing's got to work together. Yeah, and build so, the value, build the yeah. value around that core product. Absolutely. So and they keep I, using it and go, oh, well, that was, a, don't go, oh, that was a waste because I don't know how to use it. Well, I always like to give my clients more. Yes. And that way they look at that and go, wow, I've got all these little extras when it comes to marketing because I can and I will. And I have always done that in most of my life. I give out complimentary eyebrows for particular fundraisers and school fates and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. I love that because I want you to come in and experience a Rosie's Beautiful. beauty, obviously eyebrow experience because yes. you might not have had it before, but you are now going to get one complimentary and hopefully you'll go, you know what, I'm going to keep this up. And who so, knows where it'll lead. And that's where I guess different parts of my marketing as well. I thoroughly enjoy and that is giving a lot away as well so that that client that might not have come to me will come to me. Yeah. Which I thoroughly love as well. Yeah. I think it's because we live in the same community, obviously, and you are very visible, you know, sponsoring the netball club and, and other things. And, you know, you're very, very generous with the local community. And I think that absolutely leads to business benefits. Like it makes good business sense when you're a location-based business like you essentially are, to be really visible and supportive of your location. 
Well, it's actually interesting because when I was in Beecroft, we were upstairs. So I looked at it as out of mind, out of sight. No one really saw us from the where we were actually sitting. We were upstairs on the second floor, but it was obviously word of mouth. But I loved giving lots to the school fates uh-huh. when we were in Beecroft. Now that we're actually in Carlingford Court, total different sort of even though it's location, we're right inside the gym where everyone walks past us. <laughs> awesome. So, yes, which is fantastic. And for me, I'm still doing lots of networking with the schools. So I give still a lot away to our schools and obviously to the netball clubs because there's obviously a lot of parents out there that, like my mum, she didn't know anything about skincare. She didn't know anything about makeup. No. And a lot of parents these days want to actually bring their children in to see me because they feel, well, I don't know where to start, Rosie. Where do I, I don't know. My mum never taught me any of this yeah. and I'm not into makeup myself. So then I'm there to guide them. Yeah. What are your thoughts? And this is a bit of an off the cuff question that I thought about. Like you're in an industry that there's a lot of free information, like on Instagram and on YouTube and, you know, you can get skincare and beauty and so much. How do you manage that? What are your thoughts on that? Okay. That's a really, really good question, actually, because there is so much on Instagram, so many beauty bloggers yes. that promote brands that they're really not using themselves. They're obviously paid to promote them. Yes. Now, I say to my clients that come in and see me, so there's a tutorial for you on social media and you have gone and copied it. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, my God, that looks terrible on me. And I go, yeah, because it's not your face. Yes. It's not your skin type. It's not your face. It's not your colours. So this is where you go and you seek advice from someone like myself mm-hmm. who's going to give you simple instructions on how to actually get your skincare right first. And it has to be basic. Only once I've got my clients to a point where they've used, well, they've started their skincare, we start off as very simple, I can sell you serums, I can sell you masks, I can sell you all the add-ons, but that is only when you request them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, if you, you don't it. try and overwhelm people. You start with what they need. Well, open up your cupboard, pull oh. everything out of your cupboard, and I bet there are so many products in that you thought that you, when you bought it, you went, this will be good for me, and then two, three days later, you go, oh, God, I don't like this. Create the Why did I even? That's exactly right. Why did I even buy it? So I say to my clients, in all my social media posts and my text message, stop going and skimming the counters of your supermarket or your online shopping stores and reading up all the information. How do you know that you are an oily type? How do you know that you've got dry skin? Talk yeah. to me first. Let me get to know you. Let me have a look at your face. Thank God for Zoom that we can actually do this. Yeah. Let me have a conversation with you. And let's start with, for example, I call it a sample pack. Mm -hmm. So it's a starter pack where you obviously get small amounts of products and you trial them first. Yeah, so like an intro. Yes, and you don't go and buy these massive bottles that end up becoming products that you use on your body because you can't use them on your face because they don't work. So I say stop wasting your money. And the same with makeup. I've been loyal to one brand and that's Napoleon Purtis because I love it. Mm -hmm. If I don't like it, I won't sell it to you. Yeah. So if I love it, and I've used every product for the last 22 years and 
if I don't like something, then I won't buy it in the range. Like I won't bring it into my salon. So I'll say, no, don't worry about all of that. We don't need that hundred million different colors of contouring. You're not going to use it. Let's be realistic. My clientele is loves to obviously be inspired and motivated by all the bright colors and everything that I put in front of them. But we're basic clients in the sense of we're not going to sit on YouTube every single day and do a post for all our friends. We just want to get up in the morning, obviously do our skincare, do a basic makeup, look good, feel good, get on with our daily, I guess, yeah. you know, routine. Obviously, when you do go out at night, you want to go out and add that little bit of extra makeup that I've taught you how to do. I'm not going to sit, the makeup artist is going to sit there and want to do the tutorials yeah. with another makeup artist because we're going to learn from each other. But that's not realistic. I think in a lot of cases, what I'm kind of seeing is in beauty and hair and thing, a lot of those Instagrams, they're actually for their industry. Like they're trying yeah. to impress other beauty people or right. other hairdressers. You know, they're not actually targeting the everyday person who's going to walk into their salon and give them something that's achievable and realistic. I've, I've kind of had that kind of light bulb in the last couple of months. It's like, yeah, they're actually trying to impress. They're not impressing their target market. They're impressing their competitors and people that's in their exactly industry. Right. That's exactly right. And for me, in my environment at work, I keep my makeup very, very simple because I want my clients to look at it and go, I can do exactly what Rosie's doing. And if I can replicate what she's got on and inspire them to do different, obviously, techniques, using different creams to powders, et cetera, when it comes to makeup, they're going to also do it. Yeah, it's achievable. So, it's about and, making people feel that they can. It, it is achievable. Yeah, and just cutting it back just to basic. If I'm going to do a video that's going to take two hours, my clients are going to go, it ain't going to happen, Rosie. So that's where I try and keep everything, well, most of my work, unless you actually sit down with me and say, Rosie, I really want you to teach me how to do baking under the eyes and heavy GT stripes on the side of my face, then definitely I'll teach you how to do that. But that's not realistic. Yeah, That's not what my clientele want. My clientele wants that nice, natural, beautiful, flawless skin makeup look that is achievable by all of us. We can all achieve it. I can teach you how to do a very basic makeup in five minutes. I love how well you know your customers. I think that's, you know, the key to every business success is just having that really grounded, realistic view of what your customers need from you. Well, we all, not all of us are artistic holding a brush when it comes to doing makeup. Like when I give my clients the opportunity to, okay, now, I'm going to hold the mirror for you or the mirror's in front of you. Now you show me how to do your makeup. They struggle with how to hold their brushes. <laughs> that's and, me. <laughs> and, and that's okay because it doesn't come naturally to them and that's what I'm here to teach them. So back to basics. So I I break down all my, my sessions to let's start with the base. And if we have to focus 20 minutes just on your base, just practicing, that's fine. Next time, let's go to the eye side of things and the cheek side of things. I know a number of people that have said to me, oh, yes, I had a makeup lesson and I walked out with a bag full of makeup. Then why are you calling me? Yeah, exactly. Oh, because it just wasn't explained properly. And I'm like, well, and I've heard, you know, you explain all your products really carefully and slowly in small sections. Oh, if you want to come back to me on a daily basis, and I have clients that send me messages, Rosie, how do you do that again? Can you show me how to do that again? And I'm happy. I do demonstrations on my phone with, you know, where I go onto my Instagram page and I draw a 
an arrow from the, the corner of the eye to the top of the brow line and I say, stay within that line. Yep, make sure you, you know, you do your cheekbone. Exact, where is exactly my cheekbone again, Rosie? And I ex- explain it to them. That keeps me excited and obviously I still love what I do and that's 30 years later. That's amazing. That is so good. So what advice would you give to other small businesses about using marketing? When I first started, I couldn't afford to pay for someone to come in and do my marketing for me. Mm. But if you can find somebody maybe who I guess is doing a, a uni degree maybe, Yep. Uh, or a course who could do your Instagram for you and pay them uh, weekly to schedule a whole week full of marketing for you. And that could be a good stepping stone like at the beginning. Yeah. I would definitely encourage if you can find somebody to definitely help you. I guess it's because I'm creative that I've been able to do it myself. But if I wasn't creative, then I would definitely then have to put it out to somebody else. Yeah. So I guess the bonus that I've had is that I've been able to do it all myself. And because again, I love to put out my own posts, depending on what's happening at the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you enjoy it. Yeah. And it's not a chore. It's not a chore for you. That's exactly right. But if it doesn't come naturally, then definitely pay someone to definitely do it for you. Yeah. That's good advice, actually. I think a lot of people struggle on with it when they hate it. They find it challenging. They feel like because Facebook and Instagram are free and they're accessible that they should be able to do it or they use it in their personal life or they should be able to use it for their business and they struggle on. I see so many people who just, yeah, and it becomes something they resent. Well, you've got to find content. You've got to find information. You've got to, I love researching. I love, because I think I didn't, I didn't get that chance to continue on with my studies when I was running my business because I had to teach myself as I went along. Mm-hmm. So anytime I have, I'm learning obviously something new, if it's now, now that we're able to do all that online and uh, streaming when it comes to videos through, for example, Dermalogica, but I seek all my information where I can through Google, obviously, because it's my, it's our encyclopedia now. <laughs> we're back in the days it used to be, you know, your reference when you go to your library, but now I go and do all my research and find my content, but that takes time. Yes. And some people have got families and children, and but I enjoy it as well. That makes a big and, difference. I think that makes yeah, a big difference. Definitely. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Well, just enjoy, enjoy what you do. Enjoy the time that I'm at work. I set a goal every morning for myself as to what I'd like out of my day and I try and achieve it. But I just, I'm enjoying more as I've got older now, the clients that come into my business the friendships that I have made, the relationships that are formed, that's special to me as I've obviously progressed in my business. That's really nice. And just being there to help others whilst obviously if they're going through whatever they're going through because there's some tough times out there and a lot of people are really struggling and just enjoy what you can and, you know, reach out to clients. I'm reaching out to whoever I can. Hi, just calling out saying hello. How are you? Are you okay? Because I'm a survivor. I'm okay. I'll be fine. I will get through. We'll all get through this, obviously. Some of us struggle through it, but definitely if we can send a, a happy note or a smiley face or a tutorial or whatever, but I definitely just enjoy every part of my day and try not to stress. It's easy said than done, but <laughs> there are certainly things that, uh, you know, definitely coming into your day, like, you know, the phones are down or your internet's down or 
blackouts or whatever it happens to be, but I definitely go in there with the attitude of today's going to be a great day and I'm going to succeed today in whatever I've put my mind to. Because I start my day very early in the morning. It's yeah. a five o'clock start and oh my God. gym. Yeah, I do my workout at the gym and then I start my day. So that's five days a week and Saturdays and Sundays are my rest days. So, and that's how I, um, I guess it, I'm still doing what I'm doing. And I, I haven't woken up yet thinking I don't want to go to work today. I wake up every morning going, I'm pumped and I'm ready for my day's work. That is awesome. That is so good. So that's inspiring in itself. Yeah. It's because I still love it and I love my clients and I love also being challenged to when you see the results of what you've come in for. That's another part of my business that is quite emotional to me. It Mm. brings tears to my eyes when a client looks herself in the mirror and goes, oh my God, wow, that I can't believe you've created an amazing, for example, eyebrow transformation for me. So yeah, they're that's what I love and the transformations of skincare and makeup and spray tanning, all those things that we do in the salon. So when you love, love something, it. it comes through your work, obviously, and it's not work anyway. That's it's, it. It's That's it. what you love doing. Exactly. Thank you for sharing your story, Rosie. Have a great rest of the day.